Last week I shared with you something that God gave me to do for this whole year. And the title of this teaching is Helping Like the Helper. And I really was impressed from God to not talk about the actions of helping first, because that's not really what it's all about. If all you focus on is the actions of helping, you put the cart before the horse. But what we talked about last week and what we're talking about tonight, I believe are the two keys to being a helper like the Holy Spirit, the helper, from your heart. Helping from the heart is vital. Then there's no, there's no resentment, there's no you owe me something, there's no this, that, or the other. And, I, and I'm not talking about just in church life. I'm talking about, as we mentioned last week, if you weren't here last week, I really encourage you to listen to that message. Yeah. Go back and listen to it. But it's vital that we understand this because there's so many different things that God needs out of your life. First and foremost, He needs you to be a leader. That's right. And you'll never be an effective leader on planet Earth if you're not a helper. If you're not a servant, first and foremost. And you'll see that in the Scripture tonight. Last week we talked about the number one thing that creates helping from the heart is unselfishness. Like I said, if you didn't listen to that, uh, go back and, and look at it. But I want to I read a few verses of Scripture before we look at the second point tonight. Um, we talked about, we made mention of the fact that Moses in Scripture was spoken of as the most humble, unselfish person ever in his day. The most. And we know that he was the most effectively used person on planet Earth also in his time. For you and I to be effective like Moses and even, and even more, we have to walk in humility and understand what it is to live an unselfish life. I've made up, I have, I have a confession that I declare all the time, and I've made up my mind. Nobody's taking my life from me. I'm giving my life. Nobody's demanding anything out of me. I'm giving everything in me. All my days here on, is, is a life of giving, of sowing, of doing, of helping, of being a blessing, not looking for the blessing. More blessed to give than it is to receive is what Jesus said. That, that was a quote in the book of Acts, and it was Jesus, it was uh, Luke reminding in, in, in his writings of what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive, and we know as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest. Whatever you give, you receive back, right? right? You sow selfishness, you live a life. And what happens is, 
in selfishness, your life is taken from you, like a bite at a time, a piece at a time, a situation after a situation at a time, it's taken from you. I'm living to give. How about you? We talked about, we read three verses of Scripture, I'm going to read them again, about the person of the Holy Spirit. John 14 and 16 He said, and I will pray the Father, Jesus did, and and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. John 14 and 26 says, but the helper of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I said to you last week, if I'm going to (laughs) help, I might as as well use the helper as my example, right? So we're going to learn how to help, and and He's inside of us, and He's here to show you how to help in life, and be an effective helper, be an unselfish helper, and and be an effective leader as a result of that, the helper that you are. I'm telling you, I want to be a greater helper today than than ever have in my life. So as I'm teaching this, I'm telling you, this is a part of my life. It's not something I'm having to struggle to do and I'm just going to teach it because I think it needs to be taught. No, it's coming out of my gut. It's real. And it produces everything that it says it will produce. That's why we got to have the Word on it. John 16, 7 Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. And they all thought he was nuts. For if I do not go away, then the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus was the first helper. This is the second helper. He said, another helper. Right? Yeah. And I'm telling you today, as we learn to receive the help from him, then we know how to help. And be effective at our helping. And your helping produces many, many really great results. Great results. We read this last week, Matthew 20 and verse 25 out of the Passion Translation. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects, like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. It's got to come out of the heart. Right? It has to come from the heart. If it's not from the heart, it doesn't matter. And there's times you have to do things that you don't want to do to develop that heart attitude. Yeah, that's right. But it will be developed and it will produce. I can tell you. <clears throat> I'll just say this. If you've helped in, in, in any type of way, it could be helping on the job, you know, you may be being paid for something, but you're going the extra mile, you're helping. Maybe something at home, and maybe something here in church. But if you've not learned to help from the helper, you're not ready for leadership. Just don't forget that. So, 
by the end of this message tonight, you're going to know or at least have tools and, and nuggets to help you to understand how to allow the helper to help you. Because I want to help like the helper. I don't want to help like I think it's right. I want to help like him. I want to be a helper like him. Because when, you, when you're helping and he's the model, then you're preparing yourself for leadership in whatever you're called to do. And remember, God already has your plan. He's already got everything lined out for your life. That's what we're learning to do is tap that. And along the way, if what you're doing right now isn't all that God has for you, you'll tweak that, you'll make adjustments, you'll change this, do this, whatever. But at the end of the day, when you're a helper, you're finding yourself fulfilling the plan of God. It's not something that you're longing for and mad about and angry with God because it's not happening and all that. No, it comes out of this ministry right here. I gave you this definition last week uh, of the word help. <clears throat> to help is to make it easier for someone to do something by offering one service or resources. A couple of the synonyms are to assist and to aid. Another definition is the action of helping someone to do something giving that assistance. I really like that first definition, though, making it easier for someone to do something. Doing something to make it easier on them. And that's not the majority of the mentality that goes with helping and serving. That, that, that's just not there. Not, 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 in, not how I was, I was raised, and then when I came into the church world, that was not the attitude in the church world. It was something you had to do, not something you were privileged to, and honored to be allowed to do. Yeah, totally different. Because we're talking about making leaders, not just learning how to sweep the floor. Luke 16, and this is from last week also, and verse 10, starting with verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one, love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God. You can't serve the spiritual and the natural. You have to serve the spiritual and understand from the Spirit of God how to serve, and then you can have the other. That's right. God wants us having the other. That's right. <clears throat> and I made this comment last week as I step into to number two on my list here. I made this comment to you last week that the church is God's. Jesus said, I am building my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Is that true? Yeah, right? <clears throat> my wife and I, we're, we're the under-shepherds, the leaders of the, this church congregation, this body of believers. But he's the head. Okay? So we're... we're we are the under-shepherds of the body, so 
in essence, this is our church. But you're the members of this body, but you're members of the body of Christ, and this is where you tend, so this is your church, right? And all of that is true. But in, 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 in one sense, this is my church as the leader. And I read the scripture to you, I'm not reading it this week, but I read the scripture last week to you, that at the judgment seat of Christ, I'm accountable for your lives. No one else. When I stand before Jesus, I'm going to be held accountable for what I did with what he gave me, where this body is concerned. So, in that sense, this is my church. It's his church. He's the head, right? But he said... There had to be somebody in this position with some skin, right? And that, that's me. That's my wife and I here in this body for the last 32 years. So it's our church, but yet it's your church. And we can't do it without help. Impossible, right? But the help has to be done because it wants to be done, not something that is forced. We'll never do that. Probably in the early years, not probably, probably in the first 10 years, there was too much, maybe, maybe some, you know, out of neat, wanting to get things done and wanting to fill positions and those kind of things in us, there was maybe some guilt trip kind of messages, you know, and making feel, people feel like if they don't serve, you know, whatever, because we're, we're trying to get those things done. We'll never do that again. Yeah, that's right. Never. Because if it's not from the heart... And it's not wanting, you're not wanting to develop that. That doesn't mean that you leave here and now everything's from your heart. But you have tools to develop inside of you how to go from your head to your heart with being a helper. Can you say amen to that? And that's what we want more than anything. Helping isn't just a mechanical thing. It has to be from the heart. Can you say amen? Amen. So... The last thing I want to say about unselfishness is that unselfishness, or I want to mention the word selfishness, selfishness equals pride. And the thing about pride is when you're serving, pride, when you're serving in with pride, pride always has a better idea. And anybody that's in a leadership role, you need good ideas. You need people to, not, to take ownership of what they're doing and have good ideas, but not always have a better idea. Helping needs to, what, what was our definition? Making it easier for somebody that's in authority. And when you do that, you're positioning yourself and setting yourself up to receive positions that only God can give you because He can trust you. Because when you'll do that when no one's looking, when you'll have that attitude to to support something that belongs to someone else, as the Scripture said in Luke, in Luke 10, so you can say, in essence, the, the point I'm making is, this is my church. So if you're helping with this church, you're taking ownership of something that belongs to someone else. And what I mean belongs to me, 
I'm held accountable for this. I'll stand in judgment before the judgment seat of Christ. If you serve with an attitude from the heart, you help from the heart, then you make it easier on the one who this is, and then God will make sure that things come to you. If you do that for something that belongs to someone else, God's going to lavishly put on you and bring to you things that you desire in your heart for you to lead, for you to do, and to accomplish. Can you say amen? So, I want to look at tonight, just in the next few minutes, I want to look at the importance of faithfulness to a life of helping. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 1 says this, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards or servants, that word steward is servant, it is required in stewards or servants that one be found faithful. When you find something, it's hidden, right? Or you hadn't found it, it was already there. So when you find something, it's hidden. So when an act of service, of helping, is a hidden thing, you're doing it from the heart, from the hidden man of the heart, then you will be found out for your faithfulness. You know why? Because God exalts those who are humble. When you understand what true humility is, then God exalts that. That's what I want. I'm telling you, that's what I want for you. I want everybody in this place to believe in what true humility is. Um, one of the things that a faithful person can, one of the things that, that they can be prepared for is to be confided in. A faithful person can be confided in, and when you're, when you're trustworthy with something that is spoken to you or told to you, when you're trustworthy that way, God can trust you. I believe that's the number one way or the number one area that God looks at is if you can be trusted with what is spoken to you about another person. That's right. If you can be trusted with that. In the... 32 plus years that we've been here in this church body, there is one of the things that, like an oath that my wife and I took before the Lord is that if somebody in this body speaks to us about something, it will never be known to another person, ever. We have an impeccable record. I mean, we should, right? If we say that's what we do, that's the way it should be. So in other words, If you've ever come in and talked to me, nobody else other than my wife knows. And anybody that I talk to, I say, this will never leave this room except my wife will know because we're one. So I I say that up front. I don't say that no one else will know and then I go tell my wife. That's dishonest. Did you hear what I said? And no one's, no one's ever known. If, if, you, if you're sitting in here today and you've ever shared something with me, nobody's ever known. Not anybody. 
unless in the conversation it was told that I'm going to speak to the Dunnings as elders of the church or another person or maybe another person got involved in helping you or another person in those kind of things. But it's vital that you can be you can be held accountable for what you say is truth. I want to read this verse out of Proverbs. Proverbs 11 and verse 13. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who, is a, he who is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. Mm-mm-mm. So what I'm telling you, we got... We got scripture on it. We got lots of scripture about it, but I really like this one. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit, he who is faithful internally because he's practiced that and he's worked on that, a person, that person has worked on it, it says he'll conceal a matter. Not wanting it to be all over town by the evening when you find out something that has happened to someone. Especially, if, especially if, if, if a bad thing has happened to someone. God needs you and I to be faithful in that, in that realm right there. And you know what? You know. You don't even have to be told. You know internally what needs to be talked about and what doesn't. The Bible says in James, somewhere in James, be slow to speak, quick to listen, Slow to wrath, slow to anger. But listen, pay attention twice as much as you talk. And you'll learn many great things as a result of that. Through the years, I've had people come and share things with me. And then they came back to me because someone else knew something. And, you know, just... They, they just thought, you know, well, I thought you said you weren't going to tell anybody. I said, never told a soul. Well, how did so-and-so find out? I said, I don't know. Who'd you tell? Well, I, you know, I told this person, but they said they wouldn't tell anybody. I'm telling you, they never heard from me. And never one time in 32-plus years have we ever done that because I fear God. Remember, I'm held accountable for what happens here right. with your lives. You understand? And, and God needs that, but one of the things that is developed as a leader, this is what I see. When a person is developed in the helping ministry, last, last time we read out of, out of 1 Corinthians 12 about the, the ministry of helps. And in that passage where it's talking about apostles and prophets and teachers and on and on, it's, it asks the question, are all apostles? Answer was no. Are all teachers? Answer is no. Is all this administration? No. The answer is no, not everybody. But it didn't ask the question about helps because everybody's called to help. Right. Amen? Everybody. I don't care who you are, you're called to help. And from a leader's perspective, when a, when a, person, when a person is a helper from the heart, We've learned, not somebody that just does something that you ask them to do, and they go through the motions of that. Anybody can do that. But somebody that does it from the heart, as a leader, there's a protection. Because remember, this is his thing. 
This is His church. This is God. But He's given us the responsibility to oversee this church, this congregation of people. But when I can see people that are willing to serve from the heart, I can see that they will be trusted to keep their mouths shut on behalf of other people. And time and time and time again, I've seen when, when a person is convinced and they come to that place of serving from the heart because what they're doing is they're serving in the house and for the house because it's his house and it's for the advancement of the kingdom, then they learn how to have the restraints of the vision of the house. And those restraints, with those restraints goes keeping your mouth shut and only speaking the things that need to be said. Through the years as a leader, the closer that people have gotten to our lives, and I'm not, I'm not talking about anything immoral, illegal, or something that goes against the word, but just something about your life, you know? If all you ever do is see me from the pulpit and preaching, you don't know all about my life. You don't know things about it. Um, you know, when I was, when I was, before I was saved, I had a fuse that was about that long. It was about that long. It was a short fuse. And so when I got born again and I came into the kingdom, uh, it probably raised about right there. But just because I was saved didn't mean that all that emotionalism and, and overreacting and those kind of things just went away. I had to work on it really hard in my life. I mean, I, I come from some really strong emotional people, you know, that got emotional about things and had short fuses. And I had to learn how to get on top of that thing. And when I allowed the Holy Spirit to teach me how to do that, it, it, it helped me. But there's times, I'm sure, in the first, especially in the first 10, 12, 14 years that we were in this body, that people maybe saw things from me. Maybe they were sitting across my desk and I got tired of what they were saying and I overreacted and acted a certain way. You know, um, I need people that may see something like that, that I'm working on. I'm not talking about that I'm, you know, destroying people like I'm saying, doing something illegal, immoral that goes against the Word of God. You just had a bad day and you did something wrong. I need people that are able to see that and not be moved by it. Did you hear what I said? Not illegal, not immoral, nothing that goes against the Word, but something that maybe I'm working on in my life. I'm not perfect. I mean, I, I've got, I, in any way, I mean, I am growing daily with the things of God. I want to be like Him all the time. But I need helpers in the ministry here that the more committed they are to helping, that they come to a place of understanding their mouth has to be shut about everybody. Yeah, that's right. You talking about someone else to make you look good is very immature. You understand? I've done it, been there. Probably my family wrote the book on it, you know? But we can't have that because we're not after the lineage that we were born from. Now we're after the lineage of our second birth. Can you say amen? Amen? Now we've got to exemplify Christ's likeness in everything that we do. And faithfulness to what we say and how we conduct ourselves is key to helping and serving 
with a correct heart, correct attitude, and making things easier for the body, for everything that goes on here. And, and for the people that walk in here, they walk in and they sense it. And you know what? I'm, I'm in some ways speaking to the crowd. Everybody can be challenged by this and do better. But I'm telling you, we got a friendly body. Yes, we do. Amen? People that walk in here always say, that's one of the friendliest churches I've been in. Why? Because, because we believe this. You understand? So my encouragement to you tonight concerning your faithfulness is always remembering it's your faithfulness to Him. You understand? And when you're faithful to this house that we're responsible for, you're faithful to Him. Yes? And when you see it that way, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Or it is to me anyway. <clears throat> but words... And the things that we say bring great destruction. Matthew 12 and 36 and 7 says this, I say to you that for every idle word men shall speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. And the great thing, Romans chapter 2 says, the great thing about that is that on, that was written on that side of the cross, on this side of the cross, <clears throat> the things you'll be held accountable for at the judgment seat of Christ are the things that you didn't repent of because <laughs> Jesus delivered you. So we're not held accountable for every wrong thing we've ever said if we repent and make the changes. That's right. You understand? And you got your whole life to do that. Right. What a glorious thing. Yeah. Proverbs 18 and 21 in the message says, words kill or words give life. They're either poison or their fruit. You choose. And you have to make the choice. <clears throat> I said you have to make the choice. Have you ever <clears throat> have you ever made this statement? No, I, don't, I don't want to show hands, just I'm, I'm asking you just to think about this. Have you ever made the statement to a person and you said, they told you something that was in confidence, and you said to them, I, will ne I won't tell anybody about this. And so let's just say something like that happened with me, and it has. And I say, I'm not going to tell anybody. But then I'm in a situation, maybe I see Dale, and we're talking about something, and, and the thought of this situation crops up, and I said, you know, <clears throat> I was talking to somebody the other day, and told them I wasn't going to say anything, but, but I'm going to tell you, you know, in confidence. And just make sure you don't tell anybody. He's going to tell somebody. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, he's going to tell somebody because of what I broke. Yeah? yeah? yeah. And, and, and a lot of times, that can happen in the morning, that's said, and by evening, there's not anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Right? we got to rid ourselves of that mess. And you know what? It's really easy. It's, you, you, just being conscious of that. I just gave you that example so that you can remember the next time that you say you're not going to tell anybody. That means either you're going to say, you know what? I won't tell anybody but my wife or my husband or this person or that person. Yeah, but you know, you told me that, but I can't not say that I'm not going to tell anybody because of the seriousness of, or whatever it is. Just be honest. Yeah. God watches that. And I'm not saying God watches it like he's going to hammer you. 
I'm just saying God's watching what you're doing with what He's given you. And we've got to be responsible people in this area and in this realm. Can you say amen? I love this story. This, one, this story isn't read as much when it talks. There's several stories in the Gospels along this line. But I really like this one. <clears throat> and um, I want to read it out of Luke 7. It's Luke 17. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. <clears throat> when a servant comes in from plowing and taking care of sheep, um, before I read this, I'm telling you tonight, you need to spend some time meditating on what I'm fixing to read to you, and this is just in four verses. You need to meditate on this because you, you have to get this concept. This concept has been um, it's been twisted to get people to think of it in a negative way instead of a positive way. I'm going to show you what I'm saying right here. I'm going to say it to you again. There's a concept here that you've got to get to understand the things that I'm talking to you about tonight, about being a true helper and becoming a fantastic leader in everything you do. When a servant comes, uh, Luke 17, 7, when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No. He says, prepare my meal, put it on your, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way. Everybody say, in the same way. When you, okay, so let's get out of the, the servant, maybe slave thinking mentality or whatever that, that, that is twisted in our thinking about this. I mean, it's not twisted in everybody's thinking because people were treated a certain way as slaves and servants and those kind of things. But there's something about the truth in this that you have to get a hold of in what we're talking about. We don't want the enemy to take the truth and twist it and make it no good. Can you say amen to that? There's a truth to this, okay? Remember what we read earlier in, um, in um, in Matthew 20? Remember he said, this is what, this is what masters or rulers in, in the natural world do, they oppressively rule over their subjects like tyrants. But he said, this is not for you. This is not your calling. You will be led by a completely different model. And I believe in this passage of Scripture is that model that he's talking about. Okay? God doesn't ever miss it. You understand? He didn't miss it in this right here. But what we've got to get out of is thinking that he's talking about me as a slave or that kind of a thing. We're not talking about doing something unwillingly or oppressively, somebody ruling and controlling your life. We're talking about something that is done from the heart, serving from the heart. So if 
you're in a situation where um, I just get this. This example just came to me. Okay, this may not totally fit 100, but it just came to me. So we were some friends of mine came here to hunt, and this is probably oh I don't know. Did they come that year? Maybe maybe it's probably been close to 15 years since they came. Some friends of mine came to hunt on, on a lease outside of town, about an hour outside of town. And they came here from Virginia, and, and, uh, and there was about five of them that came. And so we went to the lease, and on the lease, you know, it was a pretty nice lease that they paid for and, did, and, and wanted to hunt certain exotic animals. And on, on the lease was a, was a really nice... Um, uh, like a like bunk houses, but but also like a like a big kitchen, kind of almost like a restaurant there. And there were people there that were serving the people that came in. And you know, I, I mean, probably those servants were being paid. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that they were. But I, I remember. I mean, I mean, it just came back to me right now. But I remember watching those guys serving these people. These people came to hunt. They paid big money to kill these animals and do the whole thing. And the servants felt like they were less of a person because they were serving these people. And so, in in serving them or at least one of the guys was, he was almost mad because of the way he felt because he was serving. And I'm, I'm just saying, you take a situation like that and you interject me as the servant, okay? I go to some fancy lease out here. Guys are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to stay in a real nice place and eat good food and kill good animals and whatever, and I'm there cooking for them. And I'm there to cook and to serve. What God wants me to see is that maybe the people that came in, maybe they're wealthier than I am, maybe they have more money than I do, maybe because I'm serving and working here and getting paid this way, in the natural, maybe they think they're better than me. But that shouldn't change the way I see the opportunity. That's, right. That's what God's looking for from my heart. See, so if I'm with these people, and maybe, maybe it's the governor of Texas that showed up or whatever, okay? If I know that this person is a person in authority, I'm going to treat them a certain way. I, and, and if he thinks he's better than I am, that's not on me. You, you understand? Yeah. Because today in my life as a, as a helper and a leader, nobody is less a person on planet earth. There are people in certain places of authority because the Bible teaches me to honor those who are in authority that I may treat a little differently if they were to come, if the governor was to come there versus just some guy that was, you know, thought he was all that. And you can kind of tell those kind of people, you know, they think they're all that and they want to make you feel like you're about this big. I'm telling you, there's a challenge there 
to not have an attitude toward them, but to serve them and bless them even so and get the reward from God. Yeah, that's right. That's what he's talking about right here in this passage right here. This is what he said. He said, you, you can eat later. What do you mean, me eat later? Bless God, I'm as good as anybody else. No. If that's who you're working for, and that's the way it's set up, and you're being paid for a certain thing, or if you're serving in church and you've committed to do that, and you don't get a perk that someone else gets, does that make you less of a person? Do you need that perk as much as the next person? I mean, to, to make you feel like you're something, then man, you're going to be perking for the rest of your life. Yeah. Having to have this and having to have that and made to feel like this and, uh, and whatever. No, no, no. I, what I'm saying is all the accolades and the things that you think you want, when they come to you God's way, they will come to you in a way that you don't even want it. You can pass it on to someone else. You, you don't need that because you're so secure in who you are in Him. That's the kind of helpers that you and I have to be. And when you're that kind of a helper, you're just, you're set up. I mean, you are in a position for some of the greatest leadership opportunities that have ever been on planet Earth when you serve like that. But to understand this, you've got to receive and understand this concept, or like he said in the passage we read a little while ago, the model that God has set up for you to operate and live in. Greatest leaders are the greatest helpers, greatest servants. And the last verse I want to read is Galatians 2.20. <clears throat> he said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Woo! But Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and He gave Himself for me. Come on. I'm just going to say something. I'm going to end with this tonight, and, um, and I'm going to say something that you might not agree with, and that's okay. You don't have to agree with it. This is just my opinion, okay? I don't, I, I mean, I, I've, I've got scripture and verse, but I'm not even going to read it. I've got things that I could read to you and, and kind of back up what I'm saying about this. But here's the thing. God has my vision, my destiny. He has it. I have to tap him to get that. I think a lot of things on planet earth, a lot of a lot of people that have drilled into people about dreams and visions and having a, having a three-year and a five-year and a 10-year and a 15 and a 20 and a 25 and a 30 and a 35-year goal. I think it's messed with people. And the reason I say that is, I'm not saying, I mean, have goals. Don't, 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 I have goals. I'm not saying don't. But if God wants to alter those goals in your growth, because you may have a goal for something and then five years down the road as you've grown in God, things you begin to see things in a totally different way. Oh, but i got to stick with my goal. 
No, you want what He has for you. That's right. Did you hear what I said? And He wants you to be a helper before you're anything else. That's right. That's right. Because your helping will create everything else you need. And I'll just tell you right now, I had to get the big eraser and erase some of the so-called dreams I had because they weren't from God. And you know where I found them out? From Him. <laughs> but, but you won't find that out if you don't develop a relationship with Him. But as your relationship with Him is developing and He shows you things, well, just put the big eraser to it and it doesn't matter. And that's why, you know, don't tell everybody and their dog your dreams and visions. You know, keep them quiet. Have goals. Walk them out. If they were right, then they'll, they'll happen. You'll see them happen. If they, if they need to be tweaked or altered or whatever along the way, then let it be because He wants to be in charge of how things come into your life. No matter where you've been, doesn't matter. But where you're going is the choices that you make. And when you choose to be a helper like we're talking about tonight, when you choose to be that in your life and develop that through an unselfish life, and through learning to be a faithful person that can be entrusted with their words and the things that they say, man, sky's the limit. Sky is the limit.